kids usually want what they're not allowed to have, and I, I just feel like I'm always saying no. Kids want video games. To be able to have access to that parent, to give them attention. Kids definitely just want somebody to take care of them, show them what's real, what's not real. Well, parenting often presents us with some dilemmas. You want what's best for your children, but it's not always clear what is best for them. Do they need more rules or more freedom? And where's the balance in all of that? Today on Focus on the Family, we're going to be exploring how you can parent your kids well and be more effective as a mom or a dad. Your host is Focus President Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. John, many of us as parents, we get into this if-then statement, Mm -hmm. right? We approach parenting with cause and effect. And uh, let me give you an example. Uh, You give your child a rule and you expect them to follow it. How many of us have done that? (laughs) And sometimes they don't follow them. And then what do we do? And is it too much? Uh, You know, that whole question Mm -hmm. of how do we get these kids behaving in a way that we want them to or need them to and do it in a godly fashion? And that's, that's, you know, that's the big question for parents. And it's pretty straightforward and logical, uh, and it makes perfect sense until reality hits and we realize our kids, kind of like Adam and Eve, you know, God was a parent as well. He created Adam and Eve, and they didn't do what he wanted them to do. And it's the same for us. Kids mm-hmm. are messy. They're complicated. It's not an if-then equation. Uh, it's predictive. It's not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And we want to equip you with those predictive tools that will give you the best chance in parenting a child who will love the Lord and serve the Lord. And that really is the goal. Mm-hmm. It is. And we're going to be talking about that today. We've invited our colleague, Danny Huerta, here. He heads up our parenting and youth department at Focus on the Family and is a licensed clinical social worker. He's maintained a private practice here in the Colorado Springs area since 2003. He has a great new book called Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. And we're going to be talking more about that today. Danny, you've been with us before. Welcome back to Focus on the Family. Thank you so much, Jim, <laughs> John. You're one of us. J&J, right here. <laughs> right. But you're That's right good. here. You're heading up every day the parenting area, mm-hmm. Vice President of Parenting here at Focus on the Family. So it's great to have you in studio. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Danny, let's start by identifying those seven traits of effective parenting, and then we'll get through as many as we can get through today and next time. So mm-hmm. what are the seven traits? Yeah, seven traits. First one's adaptability. Do I sound desperate as a parent, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> what are these seven traits, Danny? Tell me now. You know, it's it really you can divide it into two categories. One is high sensitivity, warmth, responsiveness, and the other side is a demandingness, some boundaries, limits. So if you divide two categories, those seven traits into two categories, it's those. And it's adaptability, respect, intentionality, love. And then you have gratitude and grace, forgiveness, and the big one that a lot of parents have difficulty with, boundaries. Okay, now, that sounds right. I have to be a student of every one of those and perform at a top level and delivering that to my kids? Yeah, the goal is perfection, Now I'm sounding Jim. exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I mean, seriously, though, I think in the Christian community particularly, we mm-hmm. do aim for perfection. We do. And anything less than that is a disappointment, we believe, to God and to ourselves. I mean, how, how do we get beyond that idea that perfection is the goal? These will come naturally if you're wanting relationship and something really good for your kids. It's not about perfection. It's about the transformation of you as a parent. You're invited into something as a parent. And that invitation is not only for your child. It's for you as you're being transformed. It's an invitation into prayer with a Heavenly Father and your transformation. An invitation for moments that, uh, where you fail 
and you learn and you pick yourself back up. And your goal, though, is relationship and bridging with your child because you've been invited to help in the shaping of that child and guiding so that they can be contributors in God's kingdom down the road. This isn't about perfection and you're trying to compare to other parents and you have some kind of great A, B, or C. It's transformation and it's an invitation. Danny, I can appreciate that, but I need to camp here for a minute because I do think even the mail, the email, the response that we get here at Focus, mm -hmm. I would even say even in our own household at the Daily Home, mm -hmm. um, that that bar feels very high. And it, it's not mm -hmm. a bad thing to have a high bar. Yeah. But we do need to realize that sometimes things will not go perfectly. Right. And how do we respond in that context? And I, I think we are... Mm -hmm sometimes inadequate as Christian parents to respond with grace mm -hmm. when there is failure. And mm -hmm. how would you counsel, you're a counselor, right. when, that, when that mom or dad is sitting in front of you and their child, their teenager has done something, you know, really outside the boundaries of what the rules of the house are. How do you coach them in terms of loving your child through this and and getting to the other side because they oftentimes when this happens you don't feel like there is another side this is it i mean whatever it might be let's go to the big ones premarital sex or drug mm -hmm. abuse or you know something like that that they've done that really violate the standards the key word you use is love when our kids fail and are at their worst is when they need most of our the, the highest level of love from us so really, when we look at Christ's love, the depth of that, he died for our sins and wasn't expecting perfection from us. He was expecting relationship. That's the same for us with our kids. This isn't a formula to help you be the most amazing uh, parent in front of everyone's eyes. This is a formula to form relationship with your kids, even in their dark spaces, their dark moments, adapting to the things that weren't supposed to happen developing respect so there's connection, developing intentionality so you have those goal-directed moments where you, you know where you're kind of headed, and then steadfast love. That's mercy from a Heavenly Father. That's what it means in Scripture in moments with David. It's a steadfast love means mercy, mm. and that's what we can give our kids. And then from there, we move into boundaries. Now we have the platform to have boundaries with our kids and limits. It's not about controlling them. It's about an influence in their lives. And then from, from there, you move into grace and forgiveness to repair those moments that are going to be super imperfect. And you can't separate grace from forgiveness. You have to have those together. And in, in the public sphere, when I was looking at, uh, at research, forgiveness is separated. They don't have the word grace, but we have to have that. They, they who's they? Who's they? The secular researchers. They say grace is a Christian word. But it's so important. It's a key word for relationship with someone else. And then the other, the last one is gratitude. And at the end, you're thankful for however that turned out. You gave your best shot. Mm. But it means that you have a playbook to work with. They've, research has confirmed that if, if parents have a parenting plan, a goal, uh, parenting goals, they will be successful at raising kids that are pro-socially engaged with other people. But that's not where we stop as Christians, because you can be pro-social and it's all for you. What we're asking is we're trying to create children that can serve other people. Hmm. And that means they have, they have mercy and grace on others as well because they've received it in their home. And that's perfect. And it leads to the next question, which is a major thing throughout your book, this idea of contributor 
rather than consumer. So explain that. Yeah, consumer is one that uh, a consumer child would be one that's very charming. They know they're going to give you something, but they're expecting something in return. I'm going to be nice to you because I know you can give me something. A contributor is, I love you and I can see you through God's eyes and I care for you for your own benefit. And that's a contributor in God's kingdom. God has called us to one another, encourage one another, love one another, forgive one another, uh, a lot of one another throughout the scriptures. And, and that serving one another is key. If you look at Paul, if you look at Jesus, they would call themselves servants of others. And that's a contributor in God's kingdom. Yeah. You uh, point to uh, an example in your own life. I think your grandparents up in mm -hmm. Minnesota. What role, and wait, grandparents lean in right now because this is oh, going to be yeah. good. What role did they play in helping form and shape you? That was huge, Jim. I. I got to spend uh, three months as we were transitioning to the United States. My mom's from Michigan, so grandfather from Germany, farmer. And uh, my parents said, hey, while we pack everything up, you're going to stay with your grandparents over the summer. I didn't know English. My grandfather uh, spoke only English, and I only spoke Spanish. And when I arrived, I realized I did not understand what was going on. And my grandfather said, uh, he, he just, in a gentle way, very big man, farmer guy, he said, uh, come with me to the garden. And as I observed him, th this was a time when I was just quiet and taking it. How in. old are you? I'm eight years old. Okay. And just watching him do his life, our li the way we live our lives as grandparents, as parents, is one big lesson for our kids. Mm -hmm. And so my grandfather and my grandma, they would kneel next to the bed and pray for each person. They just kept going. And I didn't know how their knees withstood <laughs> that. They were next to their bed. And I I would watch, and that impacted me tremendously. And then my grandfather, the gentleness with God's creation, his bees, he would hold them and just love the bees. He was he had. a beekeeper. He was a beekeeper. Wow. And then he had a garden, and he would tend to the garden. He loved God with all his heart. And every single person, every stranger, this was a huge example to me. When we were at the store, I noticed he was kind, he was loving. And I remember when he was stopped by a police officer, and I didn't, I just knew he was nervous about it. He just was so kind to that police officer. He says, hey, I'm sorry I did that, and just loved the police officer as he was pulled over for going too fast through <laughs> a red light. <laughs> he just said, I'm sorry. That's pretty good. And he would give tracks to people. It just it was a great example to me of God's love in managing the different demands that he had on his plate, but with gentleness really came into the world and with God's creation. Well, what's in the heart is what comes out. Yeah. And that's the point. You got to put into your heart those things that people are going to see. And uh, that's that's an easy thing uh, to recognize. Okay, let's get to it. Adaptability, uh, one of the first of the seven. What does that look like in day-to-day -day parenting, adaptability? Yeah, you can almost uh, picture it as having flexibility in your mind. Like you can stretch out. Uh, it's the that wasn't supposed to happen moments, and those are every day. I still remember when my daughter spilled milk. We were we were in a hurry, and uh, she was a very young child, and uh, she spilled the milk, and she said that wasn't supposed to happen. She could see our emotion, and what's fascinating to me is kids pick up on our emotions from a very early she age. She verbalized that. She said, that wasn't supposed to happen. And <laughs> so she... Did so, you say, hey, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and she just looked at me, waiting for my reaction. And I had to adapt to that moment and manage my own stress level, almost yeah. take a mental time out. 
and really look at what is my daughter needing in this moment. And we don't always respond that way. I've had moments where I have a reaction and then I have to come back and rebridge. It's being able to see the bigger picture, adjusting as things are coming. For some personalities, that's harder than others. You want it black and white. You want it a certain way. You're expecting it to go a certain way. And if it doesn't, bad parenting comes out. With stress, they've seen that with great intentions, bad parenting still comes out. Well, and it may be that same daughter who later you share a story in the book where you met her at the door. She came to the door. Something happened there that you didn't have the right Yes. response what what was that yeah so i came home from from work it had been same daughter day. same daughter lexi she's older and, uh, yeah she's she's older and uh just i i love lexi she sometimes just wants to come in and share everything you know i'm sure many <laughs> people have daughters like that i wasn't ready for that i just want to come home just connect with everyone and she just started to to ask questions and start talking and in my space and and grabbing me and and i said lexi stop and I just, it was a very strong reaction, and you could just see her mm-hmm. kind of fold in, get quiet, and walk away. I said, what did I just do? Ah, oh, man. And I had to come back when I was kind of regrouped and had my emotions in a good spot. And I said, Lexi, I, I am sorry. I didn't handle me well. I needed to be ready for you. And that's going to happen, and I'm sorry. And this is, when, when Jesus died on the cross, he began that ministry. Yeah. He began the ministry of reconciliation, yeah. and I'm really wa- trying to rebridge with you. Hey, this is the great news. Danny's a counselor, and he did that. <laughs> so, you know, we all uh, fail in parenting, oh, even yeah. people who know better. <laughs> you feel We're shame just, and guilt yeah. right now. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for, thanks <laughs> for But you did the right me. thing, coming yeah. back and, and yeah. telling her. that That is such a great teaching moment. All right, that was adaptability. So, Daniel, let's move to respect. It's another one of the traits for parents in your book. Uh, as a dad, you know, I've required my sons to, I wouldn't even say required, I think it's earned, to give respect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never been that kind of dad to sit there and say, hey, you better respect me. Although, you know, I'll certainly say, hey, I need a little more respect here. You know, something mm-hmm. like that. That's been more my style. But why is that important? important and how do you encourage your kids to respect you i really picture it as fruit of the spirit gentleness and uh mm-hmm. in ephesians 4 it says uh paul talks about being a prisoner of the lord but then he says to walk into the calling we've been given with all humility gentleness and with patience bearing with one another in love those are big words humility gentleness and patience and this is about me entering that so we can bear with one another in love. And that's, that's the home, right? We're, we're doing that. And this is about how, where your thoughts are because that, that will come out. Where do you, how do you respect other people with verbally with your eyes as well? This is about you managing you well and with gentleness, bringing that strength of the role that you have as parent and guiding your child uh, and really listening carefully. Respect, a lot of times, is about listening to somebody else, being present with them with what the true need is. Because kids' behaviors are telling us something. Their emotions are telling us something. And many times we're reacting to that rather than really stopping and being present with what's needed in the moment. You know, so often, and maybe this is a dying statement, I hope so, but so often parents will say, well, do what I say, not what I do, right? Or something to that effect. And uh, you really want to say, hey, do as I do. Right. They need to see it in action. And if you can't, if you're using statements like, well, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm asking you or telling you to do this. If a, if a child you know, begins to say, well, you don't do that, Dad. Right? Right. And I'll never forget a story, Jim. 
Yeah, we were at a uh, at an amusement park. I think it was Disney World, actually, uh, at uh, Animal Kingdom. We were waiting to get on the roller coaster, and I saw across the way when they were getting off the roller coaster, this family, a son forgot his cap and his uh, uh, some of his other belongings in a cube. And his dad turned around in front of everyone, slapped him upside the head. Oh, he was about terrible. 15, 16, slapped him upside the head and said, man, you're stupid. That's terrible. And, and in front of everyone, we're yeah. watching that. Super disrespectful. You can see the kid, uh, this young man, folding in, super mm-hmm. insecure, anxious, because he fears his dad rather than respects his dad. Yeah. And his dad is not showing and modeling respect. What is that going to be like for this young man growing up? Yeah. So I hear you saying that if my children are not showing me respect as a parent, maybe I'm not modeling respect in appropriate ways. And it could be. There could be many other things going on. But your role as a parent is to show respect by seeing your children through God's eyes, through Mm -hmm. that mercy, that steadfast love. And we will gain respect if we're giving it. There's much more likelihood of that. And certainly boundaries and limits as we talk about that when kids are disrespectful, and they will be at times, is, is being able to respond rather than react to that. Well, and that's the next question. How do you stay calm in that parenting moment when everything inside you wants to explode? <laughs> I mean, it's hard to do, oh, it, yes. and it, it, but it is so key. You've got to mm-hmm. dial down. I mean, sometimes it's so funny because you become the child yes. in that emotional moment, yeah. and it's like two kids going at it. <laughs> You've got to yes. remain being the adult, right? Right. Respect is about self-awareness. It's really a lot about that. And I'll tell parents, take a, t- give yourself three, four, five timeouts a day. Go mark it off if you need to, <laughs> if you're one of those screamers that loses control. But this is about reflection and learning. We get new sunrises, new sunsets every day. It's never too late to really become more aware of how you're impacting Mm. your kids. And you can start today. Danny, uh, roll back to that amusement park uh, situation. If you could have coached that dad, who obviously didn't stay calm, to Jim's point, what would you have said or asked? I would have said, what did this trigger in you? Mm. Why was that so important? Did it it embarrass you Mm. to see that your child needed to go back and they called him back to go get his things? Was there a shameful moment? Yeah. What was it like with your dad when you had moments like these? And it's not if you had them. It's when you had those moments with your dad. Because most likely, there's a playing out of other scripts that that dad had in his past. Mm-hmm. And so it would be with compassion for the dad. And that's how we, we, we come in with respect towards people with a compassionate lens towards them. And I, I have compassion for that dad. I'm sure there's a lot to that story. Mm-hmm. And it's not to shame him, but to be aware of how that's impacting him and his son. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty predictable that his father yeah. would have treated him very similarly. You learn so much in your family of origin, right? Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Uh, for today, let's cover intentionality as the last one today, and we'll come back next time and cover more. But intentionality is something that can, it can be so difficult for parents. Um, I mean, I'm more of a spontaneous temperament, so intentionality is boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I avoid it at all costs. But you're but, an intentional dad, Jim. I think so. Yeah. Um, but but speak to that for everybody that mm-hmm. can understand how how... You need to be an intentional parent. What does it mean? It's goal-directed, and it's little moments to big moments. It's having conversations, having walks, maybe writing notes to your kids. It's really being aware that your children need your direction, your guiding, your teaching. And Deuteronomy 6 
says that we are to love our Lord with all our heart, soul, and mind for the purpose of teaching our kids all day long and to having those conversations. It's not meant to be boring. I know that my, uh, my daughter and son love those small moments where I just stop and I look at them and I say, I love you so much. Do you know that? And I just stop them where they're at and hug them. That's a mo- an intentional moment of connection with my son or daughter. I, recently, I, I said, hey, Alex, can we do, uh, he's been making rings, woodworking, uh, making rings. And I, I said, hey, can we make a ring together? I really would love to do that. Can you teach me? And intentionality is about letting your kids teach you mm-hmm. some of the things that they're loving. My daughter loves to run. I can't breathe when I run with her. <laughs> and I lose her. I lose sight of her. And uh, I've said, hey, Lexi, can we go run together? I know you love that. But at the end, can we just walk home uh, so that we can have that time together? And she loves that when I have bids for connection with her. And I want – this is something that's really helped me in my parenting, uh, the idea of bids for connection. That came from Gottman. And he he coined that term, bids for connection. But we'd be familiar with this. When we have – Little kids, they want our connection, our attention a lot early on. And then as teenagers, they have so many other connections that we're going, hey, what happened? Yeah, we're, we're bidding for we're their connection. <laughs> so now we're bidding. <laughs> but it's that investment early on that makes a difference as to how those bids are going to go from us towards our kids. And so be intentional about uh, looking at the interests of your kids and have fun expanding your opportunity to learn some new, exciting things. This is about paying attention, following through. And having invitations all day long. If you could picture those little moments as invitations, it really opens up a huge world when your child says, hey, Dad, do you have time? Hey, Dad, do you, do you want to do this? You say, ah, I think this is an invitation I need to step into. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, right at the end here, I understand you like a poem by Reinhold Niebuhr. Uh, many know this uh, as the serenity prayer. What grabs your attention with that? Why does it why does it grip you? It's about looking at the things we can control and managing those things well. There's so many things as parents we cannot control, and that includes who our kids become. We can influence that, we can impact that, and we can control us along the way and and looking at the things we can manage and spending energy on that. Uh, it's interesting. This Thomas Kempis said, be not angry that you cannot make others as you wish them to be, since you cannot make yourself as you wish to be. Hmm. That is convicting for us as parents, yet it's encouraging that we don't have to control the entire world. God says to control us and to have a relationship with Him in the intentional moments of prayer, that invitation with our Heavenly Father, those are essential for us to do parenting well. Because God will guide us, God will give us wisdom, and we will be imperfect a lot. (laughs) Right. Good (laughs) confession. And we got to end today, but we've covered three of the seven, adaptability, respect, intentionality. Let's come back next time. We're going to cover the others, which include steadfast love, boundaries, grace, and forgiveness, and gratitude. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think this is a great toolkit for parents. These are the right things you need to know about and to Mm -hmm. deploy Again, mostly for yourself and also then for your children to be as healthy spiritually, emotionally as they can be. And for your children's children. That's right. right. That's, Even that's more so. Mm. So thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, John. Well, thank you, Danny. And I'm really looking forward to the rest of our conversation next time. 
Well, on behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for listening to this episode of Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller. I think as we examined those first three traits of effective parenting, there were some great lessons that we can hopefully begin to implement in our parenting immediately. I totally agree that respect goes both ways and that we need to make sure we model respect towards our kids. And then the idea of intentionality was also key because life can just pass us by and the next thing our kids are leaving the home. If we haven't been intentional with our time and love, we may lose relationship with our children. Part of that intentionality might be getting a copy of Danny's book, Seven Traits of Effective Parenting. You'll be encouraged to navigate family life with grace and love so your children ultimately see God's transformative power, love, and influence. You'll find this brilliant resource online at safamily.co.za or give us a call on 031-716-3300. On the website, you'll also find our parenting assessment, which is based on the seven traits. It's a fantastic tool that will give you an honest look at your unique strengths as a parent, but also points out some areas that you might need to work on. It's a great indicator for you. And we've created a parenting event on the seven traits. You'll find that on our website as a new offering where you can request a range of events for your church or community. That's all at safamily.co.za. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Graham Schnell, inviting you to join us for the conclusion of our program with Danny Huerta tomorrow. And we'll, as always, help you and your family thrive in Christ.